May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. If I haven't met you yet, my name's Alan, and I serve on Bishop Waldo's staff, and, and so one of the gifts of that, of that call is that I, I get to travel around the diocese and be with different folks on different weeks. Uh, if you were my wife and kids, you would imagine that's also one of the curses of this call, is that I travel around on weekends, and I, but at least they don't have dad yelling at them in the pews anymore. But, but here, I, I feel at home, this is now my third time at St. Peter's, right? I preached once before, I came here when the bishop visited, and so now, like, we're old friends, right? So by this point, you're supposed to know that I'm funny, right? And, and so, you like, even if I'm not funny, you're supposed to know when to laugh. And... No, but, but I think I know what to expect when I come here, right? I think sometimes you go to church long enough that, that you just know what to expect, I don't have that luxury anymore. Everywhere I go, someone does something different, and so I need someone like Furman or Marie or, or one of y'all to say, no, you don't do this, guy. You, you actually go over there or whatever. But here, I've been here long enough, I think I know what to expect. And then there's a cello, right? I don't hear that much. I hear organs. I hear guitars and drums in churches. I hear beautiful choirs. But today, I was surprised. Today I heard a cello, and it was awesome. So this has me thinking about this as, as, as I think about our gospel passage. This is the feast of the presentation, right? Jesus is being presented at 40 days old. He's coming to be dedicated to God in the church. Mary's coming for her ritual cleansing after 40 days. This is when women were allowed back in the temple um, for this ritual moment. And in this story, we have two people who think they know what to expect. We have two characters that we're told about in this gospel that, that think they know how things are going to go. We have Simeon and we have Anna. Anna, we're told how old she is. She lit, she's 84 at this moment, so she's been in the temple for a long time. It says she's never left the temple. Right? She's like the ultra altar guilds. Right. And if you're on altar guild, you know sometimes it feels like you never leave the sacristy. And then we have Simeon. We're not told how old he is in this passage, but tradition helps fill us in. Tradition, believe it or not, says that, that he lived to be about 300 years old. Right? Tradition is not a science textbook. Right? So maybe it's true, maybe it's not. But, but it helps tell us about it helps shed light on what the gospel says, that Simeon was promised by God that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. And apparently it took a really long time. <laughs> day after day, week after week, year after year, century after century, apparently Simeon showed up, and I think he came to know what was expected. He would show up at the temple and nothing would happen. Day after day, week after week, year after year, century after century, he would show up and nothing new would happen. But then one day he heard a cello. 
One day the spirit landed on him. One day something happened to him that, that pointed out that the Messiah is here. Simeon and his, his folks, his people, were, they had been waiting a really long time for this. But Simeon recognized it in a little baby. Which you can imagine, right? These folks have been waiting for a, a savior, a messiah, someone to come in and set things right. You can imagine what they were looking for. Probably someone like King David, right? Someone big, strong, on a horse. Someone who's coming in to, to wreck stuff up. Someone who's coming in to, to take over. But that's not what Simeon recognized this day. That's not what Simeon saw this day. That's not what the Spirit of God revealed to Simeon this day. Instead, it was a little baby, 40 days old. Like one one-hundredth, one one-thousandth maybe the age of Simeon. But there he was. But as I think about this, like the miracle of the story might not even be that the that the Savior came in this form of a baby, although that is a miracle. But to me, the miracle is that Simeon showed up. That Simeon continued to show up. And Anna, for that matter, after years, decades of her being in this temple, she probably expected the same stuff. But yet, she still showed up. And I think sometimes for us, the miracle is that we continue to show up. Because like Simeon, like Anna, we're all waiting for something. We all have those, those items on our to-do list that never get done. We have all those items on our prayer list that we think never get answered. We have all those items in our minds checklist that we're just waiting for that we're just hoping for. And some days it feels like that's never gonna happen. Some days it feels like it's never gonna come true. Some days it feels like that prayer's never gonna be answered. But yet somehow, for some reason, we continue to show up. So I'm reminded of a story um, that I was told by by a guy in my previous parish in Houston. This was a guy, his name was Johnny, and, and he showed up every month for our healing Eucharist. Like a lot of parishes, one Wednesday of the month, we had a, a noonday Eucharist where people would come in, and, and some people would come for a time. They would come and pray for healing for, for themselves or someone in their family when they needed it, and, and sometimes those prayers would be answered, and, and they wouldn't come back because they don't need the healing at that moment. But Johnny was there every month. At first, every month, Johnny and his wife would come, and his wife would help him, hold him by the arm, and bring him to a pew, and, and they'd sit down, and when it came time for healing, they would come forward together, and they would kneel there. And Johnny would always say the same thing, for my eyes and for my mind. You see, Johnny was struggling with, with vision problems nearing blindness, and he was confused a lot. Early onset something. I'm not sure what it was. 
And every month he would pray for my eyes and for my mind. And this continued for some months until Johnny's wife passed away. And I assumed, you know, as the guy who knows everything, assumed that that Johnny probably wouldn't be coming back. But no, he then had a caretaker who lived with him who brought him to Eucharist every month. Brought him by the arm, set him in the pew, brought him up to the altar rail for healing. Every month, month after month, I would anoint Johnny and I would pray for him, for his eyes and for his mind. And so I, I developed kind of a friendship with this guy. We, you know, in his, his more lucid times, he could hold conversations and he would remember things and we would have some great conversations. And one time I talked with him about this. I was like, Johnny, you pray for your, for your eyes and your mind. Yeah, it's wonderful. What, you know, I, I tried to get at what he thinks healing looks like. like I tried to get him to talk about what he saw at the answer of that. And he, he's like, Alan, he was a truth teller, right? Every parish has those. And like, if you're out there, you're probably going to come tell me the truth afterwards. He's like, Alan, you're all wrong. I was like, okay. You've been talking to my wife, haven't you? He's like, Alan, you've got it all wrong. Like, I don't pray for healing. I pray for my eyes and for my mind. And I looked at him like I didn't know what he was talking about because he's speaking in a parable, apparently. He's like, no, like, I know I'm probably never going to see the same again. I know I'm probably not always going to think the same way again. But I pray that I'm still able to see in some way. I pray that I'm still able to think in some way. So that's why I say what I say. I don't say so that I can see again, so that I can think again. He said, that's why I pray for my eyes and for my mind. And so apparently I had been praying the wrong prayer for like 18 months. And he just now told me. But then it hit me as I was thinking about this story, as I was reading through this gospel. Johnny was able to see a truth bigger than my eyes could see. Johnny was able to comprehend a truth bigger than my mind could comprehend. Johnny was able to realize that that the way God moves is not always how we think it's going to happen. And Johnny's a lot like Simeon. He showed up day after day, week after week, year after year. And like Simeon, he saw that what God was doing was actually coming true. And so for Simeon, when everyone around him was looking for the Savior in some form, Simeon was able to recognize the Savior in a completely different form, in a baby. Anna, who knew everyone was looking for something completely different, she was able to recognize the Savior in a completely different form, a baby. And so for us, what I think we, we can gather from this is that, that God is always working 
It's just our job to open our eyes to what God's doing, not maybe what, what we want God to do. You know, it does work that way, right? Like, there are things that we pray for and God does do that. I'm not saying don't do that, right? But for those of us who have lost loved ones when we've prayed for healing, we know there is a healing that has happened, even though maybe it's not what we wanted. When we pray for relationships that are broken, sometimes they don't come back the way they were, but there is a reconciliation that happens in some way if we keep showing up. So that's the second miracle in here. One is that this guy continued to show up for a couple centuries, but that he opened his eyes, that he looked around, that he was willing to see God in God's form rather than only looking for God in what he thought it would be. So how do we approach our lives in such a way? How do we approach our days, our weeks, our years, our centuries in a way where, where we continue to show up week after week, where we continue to wait for God to work, but where we also continue to open our eyes for the way God is already working in us, through us, around us. It may not look like what we think it should look like. The answer to a prayer may not be the thing we want. If so, I would have married my high school sweetheart and I don't think that would have worked out too well. But God had a different idea. And so that's the two miracles in this story. That's the two miracles that we get to live out in this, this presentation that's not just one feast day on a year, but every single day. Jesus is presented, not in the temple, not in the church, but in the world around us and through us. And our job, like Simeon, like Anna, like Johnny, is to show up to wait and to look for how God is already working. Amen.